Knoll, and you're listening to the Norse Up Podcast, a production for NKU by NKU, highlighting the expertise of our university's faculty and staff. Joining me as usual is my co-host, Clayton Castle. Today, we're releasing a surprise addendum to our NKU in the Media series, an interview with Local 12 anchor Bob Herzog. Bob has been a part of the Local 12 team since 2005 and currently co-hosts the Good Morning Cincinnati program from 4.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Sheila Gray, Leah Hodges, Jen Dalton, and Tara Blake. Before that, however, he was a member of Norse Nation, graduating from NKU's Chase College of Law in 2002. Bob is also a social media sensation with over a quarter of a million followers on Facebook. You may remember him. His social media presence exploded after he began releasing his daily wake up and makeup videos. Bob, welcome to the podcast. Guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate you. I, I, I had to mention that because I think I was at Local 12 when you started that. And we're like, man. Oh, you talk about one of those things that you never really expect is going to be a thing. And then all of a sudden it's a thing. And the next thing I see, you're on the Today Show. Yeah. I'm just like, well, wow. Mm. And you, boy, the emails you start getting when a moment like that goes down, you're like, oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah, that was fun. That was a nice little ride. We'll talk about a little bit about your social media presence later. Yeah. Um, but first, let's address the elephant in the studio. Oh. Um, how did a law school graduate make their way into TV? That is a great question. How do, do you want the, how long is this podcast normally? Do you want the really long story or do you want the abbreviated version? We have Bob Herzog on the, Herzog on the podcast. Take however long you want. <laughs> so when I was in the third grade, no, um, but the, to an extent, yes. So I, I went to Xavier for undergrad. And when I first started at Xavier, I'll skip past the elementary school stuff. When I, when I first started at Xavier, I was in pre-med. My, my dad was a doctor and um, knock on wood or something. I was always very fortunate that I got good grades. I don't know why I'm knocking on wood. I don't, I don't get tested on things anymore, but you know what I mean. Um, but I was sitting one day. I always tell people the story went down more or less like this. I was sitting in organic chemistry class. And all of a sudden I went, I am not supposed to be here. I, there, this is not... It's not like I'm failing out of school, but this is, isn't my deal. Right. This isn't my world. This isn't what I'm supposed to do. And um, so jumped into like the next semester, any class that would let me talk, a broadcasting class, an acting class, a speech class, whatever, just something where I could be up telling stories because that's what I always had a passion for was telling stories in a lot of different ways. Finished school. Before I graduated Xavier, I started a job at a tiny little radio station in Florence, Kentucky, uh, 1160 AM. I don't know what their call letters are now or what their format is now, but at the time, my hand to God, they were WBOB. <laughs> I'm like, it's the Bob. And, and so I was an intern when I started. And so I was doing kind of what interns do. I didn't get paid any money, but I, I came in during their morning show. I got people coffee. I ripped AP wire like paper because we didn't have just we didn't have the fancy computers, you know, back then. Uh, and, you know, breaking news would literally come off the line like that. And I would, you know, do that kind of thing. And one day while I was in there, somebody was on vacation or something. And the guy filled in and said, Herzog, are you in here every morning like this? I said, yeah. And uh, he said, well, today you're my news guy. Wow. And that was, that was literally my first time on the air in broadcasting in, in any way. And that led to a job with their sister station, which was at the time Mix 106.5 country radio station in Dry Ridge. <laughs> I had a I had a business card that said I was the news director at the age of 20, like two, 21, 22, whatever it was. 
And so I was doing that kind of stuff right when I got out of, of undergrad. Ended up with a job at the Crew Tower doing traffic reports for, for basically every radio station, not every, but a, a lot of radio stations that weren't J-Core probably at the time, but eventually Clear Channel. And got to a point where I'm like, I just don't know if this is what I want to do. You know, I'm sitting in this tiny little booth on the whatever floor of the Crew Tower going, I-75 is crowded in the Lachlan split. The cut in the hill is backed up today. Like, I sounded like Charlie Brown's teacher, you know, after a while. And so, of all things, I ended up getting a job for, I guess, about a year and a half. I was I was an actor in a touring children's theater. Wow. Right? Um, do you remember? You guys might remember. Maybe when you were in school, do you remember when, like, a troop of, like, four or five, yeah. like... 19, 20, 21 year olds would like come into the gym and do set up a thing and yes. like do a play. I was one of those people <laughs> um, for like a year and a half. And it, it was about that time uh, my wife and I got married, started a family. And it was, you know, I, I, I can only probably make so much money changing into my, you know, King Arthur costume in the janitor's closet and hope to raise a family. That's kind of a tough thing. And so I didn't really know what I was going to do. And it was about that time I thought, you know, I've always had at least an interest in the law. Maybe I should look at going back and, and getting a law degree. And I took took an LSAT, took the LSAT and ended up deciding to come to Chase. And one of the main reasons, and I think one, one of the benefits that so many people have had in, in coming to Chase is that it was, for a person who had already started a family, it was, it was a way to get my law degree and still during the day, have a way to, to find jobs where I could provide for my family and do all those kinds of things um, and still work toward a law degree and be well prepared to take a bar exam and that kind of thing. So that is that is not even the long story. That is the medium version of how I ended up uh, at, at Chase College of Law. And from there, how did you end up at Local 12? And how <laughs> has your law degree helped you at Local 12? Right as I was starting law school, I very similar to my job with the Touring Children's Theater. I saw an ad probably in City Beat or Everybody's News or something like that um, for, they were looking for a movie host on Channel 64. So I don't know if you guys remember back in the day, they would run like two or three movies yeah. on a Saturday afternoon. A couple of people would come on and be like, hey, you're watching whatever and here's an event going on today and look how silly I am. I was, I, I got that gig. You were that guy. I was that guy. And what's really funny is Jen Dalton was yeah. that girl. She and she and I were, she and I were partners on that show long before we ever started working on good morning Cincinnati together. And so I was going to law school doing that gig. And it only took like maybe 10 hours a week to shoot that. Um, I was substitute teaching to make extra money. I was doing voiceover work when I could get it all while going to chase doing all of that stuff and got through and got through my three years passed the bar and actually worked for a law firm downtown, uh, for a little while, McKinney and Nami and Dan McKinney, uh, God bless him. He, he thought it was kind of cool that I had this other job where I was a movie host, you know, where I was on, where I was on TV doing this thing. And so he allowed me actually to continue to do that. Um, as I, was working at the law firm. Did mostly probate stuff. It wasn't like I was, you know, running around like a few good men or something like that in, in the court. But what I found was I didn't have a 
like a passion for what I was doing. Now, again, it was probate. I don't know a lot of people that have necessarily a, a passion for, for probate. I know that there are some, uh, maybe more in estate planning than, than kind of what I was doing at the time anyway. But what I realized was that I loved what I was doing at Channel 64, even though it was only for a few hours a week. That's when I, again, going back to the idea of being a storyteller, you know, I just loved it. And so <laughs> mentioned earlier that my dad was a doctor. And so one, at one time I had to have a conversation with him about how I wasn't going to be a doctor. Now I'm a lawyer <laughs> and I'm going to go have a conversation with my wife and say, you know, I don't think maybe I'm going to be a lawyer anymore. And a job opened at Channel 64 that was a full-time gig. It was more like the event person, mm-hmm. the, like kind of event coordinator or whatever. We would do like movies in the park and things of that nature. And I thought, well, if I, if I take that gig and I'm down at the TV station full-time, maybe I can find more opportunities for myself to get on TV more and do the kinds of things that I really kind of hope to do long-term. So that's what I did. And I, I left, I left the practice of law at that point, <laughs> at that point. Uh, but I think, I think it has informed my job currently in some really, really important ways. It, it made me a better critical thinker. It trained me in the art of asking questions, which is vitally important when you're doing an interview. And I think Chase helped me a lot and trained me a lot in terms of preparing me for what I'm doing now, which is which is pretty cool. So you talked a little bit about why you went into the field of broadcasting. Yeah. But it's not like you went straight from Channel 64 to Good Morning Cincinnati. Talk a little bit about your progression yeah. through moving up the ranks to anchor of Good Morning Cincinnati. Yeah. So... I'm at 64 full time. I've left I've left that that law job and so I'm there and I'm I'm doing events and I'm I'm trying to create more opportunities to get on the air. It was about that time they actually started a, a 10 p.m. newscast on 64. 64 and 12 weren't um, in the relationship that they are now at that time. Um, Sinclair Broadcast Group owned 64 at that time but did not own 12 at that time. So they were two different entities. So this was their own sort of 10 o'clock news that they started. And so I thought maybe I could find some abilities to kind of work my way in there. Another thing that had happened, local movie promotion people, like when they do a free screening of the Barbie movie or Oppenheimer or whatever, some of those folks I developed some relationships with. And back then, people still like, went out and interviewed the celebrities, the actors and actresses in these movies, like sometimes from local TV stations, people would get invited to do that. So, you know, you got like the fern, you got the movie poster, you got the actor, actress, then you got the interviewer. Well, I got my name on a list somehow and got the opportunity to go to a few of those things. Um, I got to go do a press junket for one of the Madagascar movies and talked to Chris Rock and uh, talked to Ben Stiller. I got to do, was it Ladder 49? Was that the one with Joaquin Phoenix and John Travolta? I got to do that one. And then in the midst of all of this, I'm trying to figure out how, how am I going to work my way from here into whatever's next, right? Into whatever that next step is. And so I'm literally getting ready to get on a plane and go to London 
for the press junket for Chronicles of Narnia when Disney was doing those yeah. movies. Somehow I got on that list. Now I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to make any extra money doing this. The station's not going to pay me to go do this, but Disney's going to pay for me to go do it. And so, heck yeah, I'm going to go do this, right? I'm sitting at the airport. This is my big story. This is my this is probably the best story you're going to get out of me today. This is this was sort of the 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 moment that that sort of changed my life. And Albert Tucker, who was the the news director at Channel 12 back when this happened, I tell him all the time. I said, Albert, you changed my life with one phone call. So I'm sitting in the airport, going to get this really cool opportunity to go and, and do this press junket in London and get a phone call. And it's my wife and she's crying. This is never good, right? That's never, that's never a good phone call to get. And honey, what's wrong? Her dad, God rest his soul, my, my father-in-law had seen this list it's funny now. It was not then. <laughs> he he sees this list that has all these attorneys who are about to have their licenses suspended by the Supreme Court of Ohio. Whose name do you think oh, no. was on that list? This guy. I hadn't done anything like ethical, some kind of ethical breach. But because I wasn't practicing anymore, I also was not paying my dues to the Supreme Court. We didn't have any money. We, you know, you were, we're a young married couple. We got kids. There's no money. I'm, I'm, I'm the movie host guy. I'm making Jack. You know, I'm substitute teaching and whatever else, you know, leading up to this point where I took the full-time job at 64, which also was not exactly a high-paying job. And so anyway, she tells me this. She's crying. I start crying. And I tell her. I said, "Hun, you know what? When I when I get back, I'm going to call Dan McKinney back. Get my old job back at the law firm. It's done. What, whatever whatever this dream is that I had, it's not going to work. It's just it's just not whatever whatever this was I've been pushing toward. It's over. It's over. I'll take care of it. I'll get back. I'll get my dues up to date. I'm not going to get my law license suspended. It's going to be okay." And I hang up the phone. And I am sobbing at the airport. I mean, cry, the dream is dead, just snot, just the whole, the whole nine. And my phone rings again. I'm not kidding. Within 10 minutes. Wow. And it's Albert Tucker, the news director at Channel 12, who I had talked to a couple of times over the years trying to figure out, boy, how am I going to make this leap? And he says, uh, you know, Bob, what are you doing? I'm going to London. <laughs> Are you crying about going to London? And you know, I explained to him you know, what I'm getting ready to do for this press junket. And he says, call me when you get back. I think we've got something for you. Like literally, like literally changed my life. Like I was done. Like that was, that was it. And so he called me. And at that time, I think maybe Channel 5 had started doing live traffic reports with a dedicated traffic reporter in studio. But I think maybe they were the only ones at the time. And Channel 12 was getting ready to take that same step. And they needed somebody. And he knew I had done traffic for radio and stuff when I was coming out of college. And the rest, as they say, is history. That was in December of 2005, early December. He called me. I got back. I literally, my first week on the job, I think, was between Christmas and New Year, 2005. And... I was the traffic guy uh, for good for Good Morning Cincinnati, and eventually worked my way into an opportunity to anchor on Saturday mornings, 
And then eventually as they expanded the morning show, I, I got some opportunities to do the parts of the show that were on Star 64. And now here we are. It's um, it's pretty wild. It's it, it's certainly a different path than a lot of people take to doing what I'm fortunate enough to be doing. Yeah, that's an amazing story. It's a it's a, it's a good one. It's my <laughs> it's my favorite. It's my favorite story. Going back a little bit earlier, yeah, something I was curious about. You mentioned that when you were in college, yeah. you decided to take as many classes that let you speak as possible. <laughs> when did you realize you had this talent for broadcasting or, or the voice for it? I don't know that I. I ever realized I had a, a talent for it. I just think I had a passion for it. I knew that I, I knew that I liked it a lot. Um, you know, voice wise, I think I got, I got kind of fortunate. Um, and perhaps the voice is much better served in, in podcast form than, <laughs> than when I take the face to TV form. But, um, I think it was more, more the passion that I had for it than realizing I had any talent for it. I just, it was something that, I, I joked at the beginning of this, you know, I would take you back to the third grade. But that's very real because I can I can remember in the third grade being in my third grade Christmas play. I can remember it vividly. I was speaker number one. My <laughs> my my first line was mm, that wassel sure was good. Um, but I but I remember that because I remember it even then having an impact on me. Walking off that stage and thinking I just did something. I just. I just told a story, in, you know, in a different way, but essentially I was telling a story to people and realizing just how, how much I enjoyed that. And, that. and that took, that has taken a lot of different forms really through my whole life. And the fact that I now continue to be able to do that and, and make a living doing it is just, just a gift, just a tremendous gift. Everyone knows what you do on the air. You're fun. You're, you have a lot of high energy. You read the news, you read good news, bad news, you know how to turn on the seriousness. We also know when you can be silly. Um, first of all, before I get into the next question, all I want to say is I, I was one of Bob's producers uh, at, good, at Good Morning Cincinnati before I came here to NKU. And the Bob that is on the air is the same Bob that you get off the air, even in the newsroom, in the community. Um, he's fun. He's incredibly nice and generous. So I, in case anyone was wondering what you're like off the air. Well, that... <laughs> saying that is like the nicest and, and coolest thing you could you could say, and I, I appreciate that. Bob very is much, one of the most genuine people on the air, well, and um, I appreciate. And that. so anyway, so we know a lot. Not a lot of people know what goes into a newscast. Yeah, uh, talk a little bit about the process of what goes into a newscast, how you prepare for a newscast, and what that kind of um, daily routine is like for you. I think the morning show routine is even sort of its own animal different from newscasts that go on in the rest of the day. And I'll, I'll give you all the kudos in the world because I think, I think morning show producers in terms of people who prepare a newscast on the regular, I think morning show producers probably have the hardest job of anybody in the building. And I mean, I'm not just saying that because you used to do it. Um, that's because it's real. So the preparation and production of good morning Cincinnati or any local morning newscast Starts the night before. It it starts in the middle of the night, and that is something that can be easily lost on 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 folks who don't see what happens. They don't know that there's somebody sitting in front of a computer working on scripts at midnight the night before. You know, we go on the air at four twenty four, probably fifteen uh, in the morning, fifteen seconds, I think, some somewhere thereabouts. Um, 
But there's been somebody who's been working on that show since the night before who, you know, when Paula and Kyle finish, it's not like we turn off the lights, right. you know, at the, at the, at the, at the yeah. station. There, there are already folks there getting ready for the next day. And, and those, those are sort of the unsung heroes for making sure we get on the air every day. That, that's, that's really the case. Um, but in terms of what I do when I get in, you know, the very first thing I do is I, I just walk around the room, I, you know, especially now that John Lomax isn't in the room anymore. I, I just I like to go around and, and check in with everybody uh, and just make sure where are we? Is there anything that I may have missed? Because I before I get to the building, I'm, I'm laying in my bed. Just scrolling, just scrolling through everything, looking, looking at local12.com, getting on Twitter, getting on what, and just, just seeing what happened while we were asleep. Because I think that is one of the, one of the greatest lessons of the many, 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 many lessons that I learned from the legendary John Lomax is in this day and age, the morning is literally the only time anymore where people are uninformed and in the dark because they've been asleep anymore. We've all got one of these and I'm, you can't see me, but I'm holding up my phone. Um, you know, everybody's got one of those. Everybody's plugged in every single second of every single day. The only time you're not are those however however few hours you're getting to sleep. And so I try to make sure I'm as up to date as possible on things that may have happened overnight before I even step foot in the building. Go around, kind of check in with everybody, check in with the producers. Where are we? Specifically go over to my 430 producer. Kind of, kind of grind through. What does it look like? And then I get upstairs and I just start reading scripts and 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 catch up. And you 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 know this well. It it helps. I think every producer once they've been for there for a while, kind of gets each anchor's rhythm. Yeah. And so you maybe write a little different for me than you write for Sheila. You might a little, you know, or for Leo, whatever the case may be. And then sometimes. I'll even change the wording again a little bit, not to change the, certainly not the facts of the script or the idea of the script, but just sometimes the way something's going to come out of my mouth might be a little different than how you wrote it or somebody wrote it. And so I'll go through and, and kind of get that, kind of get that set, certainly trying to find out if there's been breaking news and we're sending a reporter to do it, what's going on there. But I think that's, if I can impart anything to folks in terms of what the preparation is, the preparation starts long before Bob or Sheila or Aaliyah or Jen or Tara have walked into that building. And it's from people like this guy uh, who, who, who used to be there, who used to be there doing it. And you know, you, I mean, you, and you can speak to that. It's, it's a hard gig. It's a hard gig. It, it is very hard. And it's, it's tough when, like you said, people are coming in when the nighttime people are still there. Right. I mean, my, so I produced the 7 a.m. show. And so I would get in there 11 o'clock, 1115, 1130, as Kyle and Paula either are still on the air or they might be leaving. Um, it's a very odd feeling. Yeah. But we're the, we were the nighttime horses that had to run the race uh, when everyone else was asleep. And the, the hard thing, too, I think, for the producers who end up in the overnight hours is, look, that's a tough gig. Mm -hmm. It's a tough gig at hours nobody wants to work. And so a lot of times you end up with producers who are new to the game, who don't have quite as much experience. And so you want to talk about baptism by fire. Yeah. You, you, you're you getting it. You're getting right. it because there just aren't as many people and resources in the building at those hours. Yeah. There just aren't. Well, especially at Local 12 when the morning show people are 
broadcast veterans. <laughs> you don't want to disappoint. You know, my biggest fear was, you know, not getting a script wrong. It was disappointing you. It was disappointing John uh, and disappointing Sheila. And, you know, we, we, we had to live up to the standard that you guys set. It is such a gift to have worked with someone like John Lomax and to work with someone like Sheila, who are who are such pros, who they make it in the case of Sheila, made it in the case of John, their goal to make everybody better. You know, they they know we're getting some some younger folks in who are just trying to f- figure stuff out. And if if those folks aren't getting better at what they're doing, then we're not doing part of our job. And if they get better, we we're better. You know what I mean? It's all ships together, everybody rowing the same direction, all you know, choose a choose a metaphor, a simile, whatever you like. Um, but that's that's what the morning show is like. And and I tell people it's a it's sort of a foxhole mentality in the morning. You you we're all in this. We 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 have to all be in this together or we're gonna be in big trouble. And we've been very fortunate over the years that for the for the most part, those are the kinds of people if not the kind of people that are attracted to the morning show. Uh the the ones who who get it and get it get it pretty quick that's how it has to be so we're running a little bit short on time but we have two more questions for okay. you we're gonna ask about eventually ask about advice for students yeah but i can't let you leave here without asking about your social media presence <laughs> wake up and make up but i mean well, you had a social media presence before that yeah but you kind of blew up with that yeah so i want to ask you what was that time like when wake up and make up was happening but also from a, from a broader sense can you talk a little bit about the importance of connecting with viewers and connecting with the community through social media. I, I'll say when I was a, a nighttime digital content producer, Paul and I had a Saturday Saturday night supper segment on his Facebook live. Um, and because that was his way of connecting yep. with the viewers, you do it through wake up and make up um, and other live videos, taco Tuesday, you guys did for a really long time. Talk a little bit about that importance. I think it is absolutely critical for anyone who is going to be doing this job in this way. Now, I know hardcore journalism 101, maybe that's not the most important thing. And I'm not saying that it's the most important thing, but it's a thing that is vital because if people know who you are, I think they're much more willing to trust you. And we sort of live in this day and age where trust is a very difficult thing to come by. I have the benefit of being from this town. Um, I love this. I love this town. I love this area. I love this region, and I've been very fortunate that people are willing to connect with me at that level, and that's been a that's been a really good thing. And so, for people who are just coming into the business, and I they they frankly should be a lot more savvy at the social media than than I am. I'm an old guy now. Um, but I think knowing that you can reach people on that level is important. Now, look, doing your, doing your makeup in the morning or, or, or doing a dance party Friday or doing, that's not going to work for everybody. And not everybody should do that. And, and, and some people, their approach is going to be much more serious all the time. Clayton, you, you, you know me pretty well, and you, you, you've come to recognize, right. I'm sure, at this point. I can be a little goofy sometimes, right? right? But that's just me. That's me. And I, and I think everybody has to sort of find their thing. Again, going to my – anytime I, I – Talk about advice John Lomax has given me. I call it a Lomaxium. One of, one, of my, one of my other Lomaxiums is he told me very early on, just be yourself. Because if you're, if you're not yourself, the people will know it. 
You're not going to fake anybody out, so don't even don't even try. I can remember the first time I anchored on a Saturday. I dropped. I dropped down into Anchorman voice, and I, by, by God, now I'm going to anchor. But that's not, I, I did that for like a day, and I'm like, that's not, that's not me. You know, if I'm, gonna, if I'm telling a serious story, I'm going to tell a serious story, and I'm going to do it in a way just as if you, the three of us, were just sitting in a room right now doing it, and that's how I'm going to tell you. Um, but if we've got story of a monkey doing something funny, I'm probably going to take a slightly different approach. Um, but when you have an opportunity for people to get to know you via social media, then they know that you can, that you can hit those different levels and they're going to trust you in all of those places. That's, and that's why I think it's so important. And finally, we, we talked about everything that goes into producing a morning show, but if there are students right now at NKU that have an interest in going into TV and broadcasting in the future, what, what sort of advice would you give to them now? I think this industry is so radically changing, especially when it comes to broadcast television. The reason being we all have, we all got studios in our hands right now. I mean, just, just think what the three of us are doing is not, not a thing that existed when I started. Um, and so I, I think people with big ideas right now are going to find success because if you, if you were to ask me if one of your questions would have been, Bob, what does local television news look like in five years? I'm not sure I know. I'm not sure I know because the way people consume content is constantly changing. Throw AI into the mix. What's that going to look like for a producer who is writing something where the initial information came from a press release? Did AI write that press release? Did a human being write that press release? Who am I going to call to check the facts in that press release? You know, so I I think you've got to be, you've got to be a person who is looking forward very much in this business, whether it's a person who is ultimately going to be in front of the camera or behind the camera, and probably you're going to be both because that's the direction everything is headed. Because again, we've all got, we've all got the TV studios in our hands, but I think be well read, know what's happening in the world, read, read a little bit from over here and a little bit from over there. Don't just read from one source, read from a lot and and be true, be true to who you are as a, as a person, because if you're not, the audience will know. If you all want to hear Bob's voice in AI, uh, Cassie Arsenault did a story <laughs> <She sure laughs> did. about a month or two ago. Freak me out. <laughs> <laughs> we, we set up that story for her and I was like, does Bob know you're doing this? <laughs> <laughs> she did. She did call me. Thank, uh, thank goodness I didn't sneak out. I'm like, I don't think I did that. Why don't I remember? So, <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I was like, if anyone's going to love this or be freaked out by it, it's <laughs> if, if there's anyone's got to have a strong opinion. And I, was, and I was both. <laughs> I, I was both. But it's, it's going to be amazing what that can do. Yeah. I, I, we, we just literally did a story yesterday about this DJ who is, is using AI for time she's not in studio. Wow. It's still her voice. I guess she's still getting paid. I don't know how that part of it works, but that's that's happening right now. Imagine what's going to be happening in five years. Jude, we can just do the podcast AI. We don't even need to show up now. <laughs> Bob, this has been so much fun. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. This has been Bob Herzog, uh, co-host of Good Morning Cincinnati on Local 12. This has been another episode of the North Up Podcast. As always, follow us on uh, Twitter at NKU Magazine. We are a product of NKU Magazine. Be sure to like and subscribe on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If we're not there, let us know and we will get on there. 
Uh, check us out on social media, as I said, at NKU Magazine and all the main NKU socials at nku.edu and Northern Kentucky University on Facebook. This has been awesome. Thank you, Bob, again. Thanks, guys. Uh, and as always, Norse up. Norse up.